Thank you for joining us wherever you are. This podcast episode is brought to you by the Old Ways Actual Play Team. This actual play uses the 7th edition Call of Cthulhu tabletop role-playing game rules by Chaos. This actual play is performed by adults and in an adult setting. While we try very hard to stick to language for all ages, listeners should know that this podcast may include mature themes. All content, including names, places, events, companies, and etc., that may bear resemblance to entities living or dead, is strictly coincidental. My name is Michael Diamond, and for tonight's game, I will be your keeper. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Old Ways Podcast. Welcome to Season 3, where we delve back into Chaos Hymn's Masks of Nalathotep with our group of investigators. I'd like to first open the show and say thank you to all of our listeners who've participated in the contest and who have joined us on our Discord server for the, for the giveaway event. It was great to chat with you all. Uh, hopefully we'll get a chance to do it again real soon. But first, a word from Lovecraft himself. I recall that the people went about with pale and worried faces, and whispered warnings and prophecies which no one dared consciously repeat or acknowledge to themselves that they had heard. A sense of monstrous guilt was upon the land, and out of the abysses between the stars swept chill currents that made humans shiver in dark and lonely places. Nyarlathotep, H.P. Lovecraft. As always, I am your keeper, Keeper Michael. To my right. This is uh, Lonnie. I'll be playing Lawrence Edward Oliver Forsyth, and I have a hole in my back. <laughs> you do, sir. You do. You are currently, uh, yeah. I don't know how to... it got there. Yeah, darndest thing. Bullets just come out of nowhere. Uh, t- to his right. I'm Morgan. I play Lillian Lane, and I don't know how that gu- that gunshot wound got there either. Right. She has no idea how it got there. Uh, at the end of the virtual nope. table. This is Jake. I'm playing Jack Doyle. Um, I didn't see nothing. I have no idea what happened. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, to his right. Uh, this is James. I'll be playing Dr. Sigmund Tattenbach, and... Uh, Jack, we really need to talk about this hole in him. Come on. Um, yeah, yeah, you probably do in more than one way. Uh, last and most certainly not least. Tiffany, I'm playing Ma- Maeve O'Shea, and um, I don't think I saw anything either. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, you probably didn't. Uh, you were probably just a little bit uh, busy. All right, so as we raise the curtain on season three... We bring you, our listening audience, back into the home, the apartment of One Million Lane. It is the day after the terrifying events at the Carlisle Estate, where guests and uh, investigator alike were beset upon by horrors uh, still yet unknown and understood, uh, but managed, at least some of them managed, to get away unscathed. 
others of you have been marred by wounds, both physical and mental, and are doing their best to recover. Uh, The group has turned its focus to preparing for travel. And a decision has been made between the group that they will go to follow the Carlisle expedition route towards England. And so as we lift the curtain tonight, uh, we see the attentive doctor caring for his grievously wounded patient, Mr. Forsyth. Uh, Miss Lane sits with the receiver of the telephone cocked her ear, attempting to ascertain what uh, arrangements can be made when it comes to their travel schedule. And meanwhile, Jack is out on the streets of New York City, running down some last-minute items. And so, Doctor, we open with you. Yeah, uh, they're telling you his this. It looks like a bullet wound. That's all I can say. Is that I it happened during the combat. I don't remember. Uh, but we would treat it as we treat everything. One day at a time. How are you, Mister Forsyth? I have had better days, Doctor. Well, we'll give you something for the pain, of course, and we will definitely stitch you up. It's become fairly clear to you, Doctor, that um, you've done the best to you, you can to put him at ease pain-wise, but it's fairly clear that he is going to need an extensive long-term care, probably a week, if not more. I can provide him with the care, but he is going to need some downtime. There's going to be no walking around or partying for him. Definitely not. Miss um, Lane, you are currently waiting uh, for a ship's steward to pick up the line. This is your third call. You never knew that it was so frustrating simply to make a few phone calls. I sigh. A heavy sigh. You hear a clatter a bit at the other end of the line. Uh, yes, I'm I'm sorry, ma'am. Um, where were you trying to book passage to? Trying to book, book passage to Europe. Yeah, I, uh, I, I'm sorry, I, I didn't get that. Where? I'm trying to book passage to Europe. We need to go to London. Uh, I believe we'll, we'll be leaving by Liverpool. May perhaps arriving at Liverpool. I don't know. Oh, uh, L- yeah, Southampton then. Yes. Um, by Liverpool, if possible. Right, right. Um, so uh, the the Cunard Light has a ship coming in in about uh, five days or so. can take you there. Five days? Is there anything sooner? Uh, no, ma'am. We just had a ship leave this morning. <sighs> we can't move Lawrence anyways. That's Well, they have a hospital on the ship, probably. Or some sort of wing plop them there for a few days. Somebody who shoots people would say something like that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to need him in a place that doesn't rock back and forth, please. Oh, okay. Um, Five days from now, um, that's fine. Yes, the journey is anywhere between a week to nine days from here to Southampton in England. So Southampton in England. Oh, not Liverpool? 
Yes, it's it's on the coast. I need to book first class passage for five individuals. All right, uh, and then how many um, how many staterooms then? Are... I have. I usually have somebody doing this for me. I I, I have not a clue. How many rooms does stateroom? Five five rooms would probably be the easiest way to do it. Perfect. Very well. Uh, for voyage there, first class, it's two seventy per guest. Two seventy. You know, even in the twenty twenty, I don't want to pay two seventy per person. <laughs> That's a, I can I can totally understand, uh, but you are you are <laughs> booking transatlantic. I know uh, first class fare. So um, while Morgan may not want to pay that, um, it's not <laughs> unreasonable for Lillian. It's chump change for Lillian. <laughs> Well, I mean, it works out to, you know, give or take, it works out to about $1,300 or so, 1350 It's not impossible for Miss Lane, given her credit rating. That's that's fine. I would pay that in 2020, but damn. So did you did you want to, to book the rooms? Yes, please. Very well. Um, and then who should I book? What name should I book under then, ma'am? Uh, you can book that under Lillian Lane. All right, Lane, L-A-N, okay. He uh, gives you times and days for you to be available at uh, the dock in New York. Um, And then tells you that when you arrive there, uh, he gives you some general directions where first-class passengers are supposed to arrive at. uh, And then it's at that point you'll pay for your ticket and be issued proper paperwork to get on the ship and get your effects loaded. They, he tells you that if you have any um, assistants or servants and whatnot that are going to be coming aboard, they would ask you just to make sure that the paperwork is properly marked. It, it will just be me and my guests. Very well, ma'am. The Keenan line uh, welcomes you, uh, and we look forward to your voyage. The RMS Aquitania is a wonderful ship. And I'm sure that she will serve you well on your trip to London. Thank you so much. We will see you in five days. Absolutely. He hangs up. I put down the receiver. And... Is there anybody in the room with me? I would imagine. I am now. That, Doctor, was a ridiculous process to go through to try to get voyage. I do apologize, my dear. Oh, no, For... no, no. It's not you. It's, it's the process. Well, the process is unfortunately, well, it can be complicated. I believe me, it is. I do identify. This is what happened when I had to come here from Germany. But um, we do set sail in five days, and everybody gets their own uh, room or a stateroom. Wonderbar, Miss Lane. You did very well. Thanks. Yeah, honestly, uh, Doctor, five days is a relief. You were worried that. Uh, the, the vessel was going to be ready far earlier than that, and then you were worried about having to basically, you know, kind of fashion some way to get Lawrence to the dock. Uh, five days should give you a little bit of time with him uh, to prepare him for movement, for extended travel, and uh, let him let him patch up a little bit on his own. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is post 
you know, fight post-combat, the first day, the first few days, the first week is some of the most critical time you're going to have with him. It's really important that he rests up. Miss Lane, I cannot watch him all the time. Perhaps you would help me keep an eye on Mr. Forsyth just to make sure he is okay. I am used to having someone to help me. Hi, Miss Lily. But uh, she is not here. Which reminds me, I have to give her a call. Sure, I'd be happy to help. Wunderbar, my dear. Thank you. So, Miss O'Shea, you're probably a bit removed from all of this between space in the house um, and the patients and whatnot and the booking going on. Where, given the size of Miss Lane's apartment and the room, um, the, the, the good rooms left, where uh, where would you be spending your time at? Anywhere that's quiet so I can continue to study. Okay. Yeah, there's a ton of different um, locations here that are comfortable, available for study. You have quite a few objects that are relatively unknown to you. And uh, everything that you encountered at the eclipse was shocking in more than one way. Um, mm-hmm. you, you still have a fair amount of things to, to kind of rifle through and, and sift through. So I guess what, I, what I'd like to know is where is she putting her energy at? Where um, is she looking at you know, head, the headpieces, the, the, the mask stuff? Is she looking at books um, again? You know, I'm looking your, at your the books that um, Carlisle had. Since that's the path we're going to be following and stuff. Sure. So you have the books out of the safe from Carlisle Estate. Um, you have several of them. Uh, we went into a bit of a description on uh, a few of them. My question, I guess, to you is which... <laughs> there's a few of them as well, so I guess which one is the one that uh, garners the most interest? First, I want to read through his journal, right? We got his journal, correct? No, you did not get the dream journal. That's um, right. Because it wasn't there. Um. Then I'm looking at the... Hold on. Let me look at what I have here. You have a... As far as the books go, you have read, uh, for better or for worse, Africa's Dark Sex. Um... You have that white leather uh, book, right? That uh, that has life as a god. Mm-hmm. That's what it's called. Uh, that's the book that uh, the doctor identified as being made out of human skin. Um, you also have another one of the pieces, which is uh, essentially uh, another white leather cover. It's a relatively slim volume. Um, and it looks like the, the pages and leather cover are actually in really good condition. Um, they seem to be, have been printed uh, you know, if, in, in, with a fair amount of care. The, really the most striking feature on the, the book is this an unusual medallion on the front cover. Um, it almost feels... 
like a, a piece of rock, maybe? You have to study it a little bit more. Um, but just kind of uh, looking at the, the front page, there's actually an inscription uh, on it. There's a, there's a note. And it says, uh, to, to Mr. Roger Carlyle, I hope you find these words to be as inspiring as yours were to me at our last meeting. And you don't see a, a note other than that. That's just all it says. Okay. Uh, I guess I'll start with that one. Um, and you said the one was life as a God. And then what was the other one? Oh, the um, life as a God is the one with flesh. Right. <laughs> it's the easiest way to, mm-hmm. to, you know, put, put it out there. Um, the next one is uh, this one that you have in your hand. The one that was right. inscribed to him. That's, does it have a name of who it's from? This is called the people of the monolith. Oh, okay. Apparently I didn't write it. I'm sorry. That's okay. I didn't give it to you first. Because we didn't go through this book when you looked at them during that scene. We didn't go in depth in this book. All right. And then the third book I have. What was the first one uh, you found? The third book you the third book you have is that caught your eye earlier because of the symbol. Oh, uh, right. This is the one that the, the pale green leather uh, cover. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no title, but there's a peculiar pentagram-like symbol seared into the binding. Right. That's the one I'm going to look at. Right. Uh, the title page, when you open it up, gives the work's name. Um, so it it is called the Noctic Manuscripts, and that's P N A K O T I C. Um, it says, as written in the so-called Noctic Scrolls, as translated from Greek by author, uh, and then kind of goes into a short description there. It looks like the typeset is an archaic type of English. You'd have to make some sort of uh, language role to, to know a little bit further about it. Uh, there is a date, though, uh, and it looks like it's 1496. But the binding doesn't seem to match that. Like, the binding looks a lot newer. Okay. Well, that's the the Noctic scripts are the one I'm going to look at first, and I'm going to study that one first. So, okay, you so want me to make a language roll? I do want you to make a language roll, yes. Okay. It... Okay, because I have two Two languages, which would be English and Latin. Yeah, this is technically considered an English role. Okay. 32 out of 78. Okay, so that's a hard success. That's good. Uh, It it takes you a little bit of time, just that first morning after you you have breakfast and you have coffee and you kind of sit down and begin to get into... Scholarly mode, uh, and the seconds begin to click by in minutes and then hours. Uh, and probably by 10 10 30 a.m., you realize that it's been three hours now, and you've spent most of that time just skimming over the book, um, and trying to decipher the type of English that it's been written in. So a couple of things kind of come to you. One is that this book is definitely written in um, a late Middle English tongue. So that does present a bit of a increased difficulty of transcribing the text, right? 
you kind of have to write some words down and refer to uh, other books that you have on just kind of how to decipher that that ling- the linguistic changes between now and then. Um, you do see that the work, it seems to be a translation of an otherwise unknown series of documents. So it refers to uh, this group of scrolls initially, right? The Noctic scrolls. It keeps talking about them. It keeps referencing them. And this manuscript seems to be a translation of those. Um, So they were brought to the West after the fall of Constantinople in 1493. And that just kind of the idea when you first decipher that part of it gets really gets your energy up um, because a lot of stuff was lost in the fall of Constantinople. Um, It talks about there being other translations um, kind of get the, the feel of different energy as you, as you're moving through the pages. Um, The the translator here claims to have obtained the work uh, the Noctic Scrolls and the Scroll of Noctus from an unnamed refugee in the Byzantine Empire. Uh, and that the translation itself was made with some other Greek scholar, the person's not named. Um, but for the most part, the text is just this haphazard jumble of myths outlining a history, right? Various fabulous kingdoms and civilizations of Earth before the rise of man. And it's when you read stuff like that before the rise of man, you, your ears kind of, the pressure changes in them a little bit. You feel something grow. Uh, The discussions include cataloging of races and places of these races and where they lived on Earth during the ages before man even existed. You hear about uh, a myriad of... uh, inhuman deities and uh, a whole rampant collection of creatures and uh, beings that uh, have never been mentioned before and all sorts of uh, traces of mythic history history that are put into this book uh, of non-human so this vast non-human library uh, called so-called city of Noctis uh, which describes human empires who consulted uh, improbable others or deities of some sort of flying barrel-shaped beings. Uh, it, it describes in your mind anything potentially from demons to things you've only seen in the strangest of visions and texts. Uh, it seems moreover, as you kind of get your mind around it for the rest of the day, uh, that this work is a compilation of a ton of different mystical text and that person has you know kind of tried to take all of these disparate stories about this era and these places and kind of smush them into uh, a manuscript a single binding tome sounds like fun reading to me that is what you are doing um at the end of the day we will discuss what comes next for you Fun. Uh, but for now, we go to the probably snow-covered shoes of one Jack Doyle as he moves out into the uh, New York street life uh, to fasten up some loose ends. So, Jack, you have 
Definitely some things on your mind. Um, I'll start going down the book row. Okay. I'll find one of the um, stores down there. Okay. You find a store. Anything specific you're looking for? Uh, I'm, I think I'm going to look at books uh, on history, uh, North Africa, Egypt. Okay. So you start kind of um, hitting the library row, as it were, the book row. Um, there's all sorts of collected books on. Uh, most of them have been written by uh, English authors about um, Africa and the like. And uh, the the recent uptick in focus on Egyptian history specifically has produced a fair amount of volumes. Um, So maybe I'll talk to somebody like the shop owner or something. If he can recommend some. Yeah, he, um, the shop owner comes around to help you and, and, See, I tell them like, hey, I'll, I'll be, I'm going on a um, expedition to some of the other areas in the area. I was wondering if you had any books that would kind of give me a general uh, background, something. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, he picks out two specific books for you. Uh, one is. A book on uh, Egyptian history. It looks like it was, it's probably a good 10 or 15 years old. Um, and then the other one he picks out for you is a book on Africa. Um, so it, it talks about it being uh, the dark continent. And you see that there's a almost... I wouldn't say, um, let's just say that they've put a lot of work into the cover itself. Uh, And so you're not really sure if this is a book that's aimed at adults or children. I guess I'll find out. Okay. Yeah, they don't. The books don't cost you very much, so um, it's easily something that you can get a hold of. And maybe I'll stop in a couple of shops and kind of just pick up books here. I have some time on my hands, you know, so I might as well learn something. So you go through, you grab a couple of books. You actually come out of book row with probably five total books. Uh, they vary in size and in scope, but you're probably certain that Miss O'Shea will appreciate it. Good, you know. And then I want to head over to uh, St. Patrick's Cathedral. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it has been some days since your last confession. Or since I've gotten to New York. Yeah, so it's been a couple of weeks. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, St. Patrick's is more than happy to uh, see you. It's broad and uh tall cathedral is uh, a welcome site go in and uh over to the confessional yeah you head in and uh go to 
the confessional booth and uh, you are joined a few moments later by a priest who slides the wood divider aside and says my son how long has it been since your last confession uh, two or three weeks please continue Let's see, where do I start? I like confrontations. Mm. I have old bad men. It is important when we talk about confessing our sins that we understand that there are specific elements. Um, we must understand that you are confessing these sins to me so that we may clear your mortal soul of these black marks. What penance are you willing to pay? Willing to pay, I must. Hmm. Well, he shifts a bit in the wood seat. Then... May I suggest, my son, that you say your Hail Marys and do not miss the offering cup on the way out. He slides the wood divider back closed. Um, yeah, you as a, a good Catholic go and say your penances. Um, you notice that you pass another gentleman on your way down or you on your way to lighting candles and whatnot to, to say your, your your prayers and you notice that their confessional box here has a lock on it and it's fairly robust bet well I'll say my uh, Hail Marys and so then I will uh, drop you know, put 10 in the original <laughs> Yeah, that's that's probably reasonable considering all the things that you've done, you know, like murder and yeah. Murder is such an awful way of saying. You um you shot someone in the head and you you caved someone's skull in. So yeah, I mean, I... yeah, okay. It, it was soft. Right, I mean, it was yeah. I prefer the term manslaughter. <laughs> I prefer right. manslaughter. It sounds cooler. It, and you know what? I don't know if I'm going to take advice from the guy who cold-bloodedly murdered an old man. <laughs> they well, Methodists are allowed. I mean, that's... Right. Anyway. Okay, if I didn't want to murder people in the street, I wouldn't have a religion in the first place. Yeah, you do your, you do your religious due diligence, uh, as is important. Uh, you feel after... Paying your penance both in word and in coin, you feel like something has been lifted off your shoulders. And you feel better. And I will head back to his apartment. Okay. Um Miss Lane, during the lunch hour, uh you your phone rings. And uh Hannah walks over, and uh, would you like me to get that? Yes, please, Hannah. 
He picks up the receiver and says, Lane residence. One moment, I'll see if she's available. She sets the receiver down on the table nearby and kind of walks back over to you. There is a um, Mr. Ramsey's on the phone. Oh, yes, I will take that. Very good. I go over and pick up the receiver. Hannah kind of clears up uh, some of the lunch stuff that uh, folks have been finished with. And she tries to kind of focus her duties there. Uh, Miss Lane. This is Lillian. Yeah, actually, the one, one note I would make before we um, we pass uh, Hannah much more. Uh, I I would like to determine what you told Hannah about Charles. Because he doesn't come back from the estate. Mm, what did they do? What was Miss um, Carlisle... Oh, she was going to have him sweep it under the rug, wasn't she? Miss, Miss Carlisle said that she would handle it like all like the Carlisles had done before. And so, I mean, take that for what you will. But um, I guess what I would want to know is, I could, would Miss Lane have left Charles's body there for uh, Erica Carlisle to deal with? Because um, she probably didn't. Yeah, I wouldn't know how to explain Charles's body being the way it was if we had to take it somewhere to, because somebody would ask questions. They would. So I could say, um, I would probably tell her that Charles went back home because I'm assuming he's probably not from here or his family wasn't. And he went back home um, to his family because one of his family members was sick. Like we had received notice via telegram or something. Okay. She probably look, she's probably been a little confused today, but um but other than that, um she's she's in reasonable spirits. Uh you'll just have to I'd be like Hannah. You know, live with the, <laughs> the fact that you're lying the guilt. to Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. That, and that, you used that, a, I would feel guilty about that. Used a professional and social contact to hide a body. And I just want to make sure that you understand that Miss Lane is going to have that rattling around inside her head for a little bit. Yep. Okay. And she feels guilty about that. And it's better than telling Hannah, Hannah, Charles got killed by some cultists from Africa. Right. Exactly. Uh, so uh, you hear a voice on the other end of the phone that you've heard before. And that is the uh, rather jovial uh, voice of your lawyer friend, Carlton Ramsey. Mr. Ramsey. Uh, yeah, Miss, uh, Miss Lane, how are you? Well, I've had better days, but I've had maybe worse days, maybe. Hmm. Worse days. Oh, we've had some of those lately, but, uh, but I'm actually calling with good news. But, but before, Fantastic. before I get to my good news, I am trying to figure out, uh, I hadn't heard from Jack. I hadn't heard from anybody. Uh, tell me. How the investigation is going? Um, well, we pretty much wrapped up the murder of uh, Jackson Elias. Um, really? That's a, how, yes. um, okay. So, what? Who's responsible? Um, it would be the cult of the bloody tongue. Mm. Out of out of Africa. Um, we we. 
had some run-ins with them. Jack, you come back in during uh, this conversation. He's going to rip the phone out of my hand. Give me that goddamn phone. Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> you stop talking. <laughs> I look over at Jack as he walks in. And I'm like, Jack, it's Mr. Ramsey on the phone. Would you like to speak to him? Oh, certainly. Perfect. Mr. Ramsey, I'm going to hand you off to Mr. Doyle. Oh, wonderful. Well, thank you, Miss Lane. You, uh, you have a wonderful day. You too. Then I hand the receiver over to Jack and I, I go sit down. To Ramsey. Yeah, yeah. How are we doing? How are we doing? Doing well. I was just uh, chatting on Miss Lane there and asking her about the uh, investigation. I I got word here that uh, uh, looks like the legal case against uh, Hilton might be going our way. That looks like it. Uh some evidence uh, to clear him. Yeah. Mr. Long. Well, evidently, uh, I got word that uh, a certain captain, 14th Precinct, might be out of a job relatively soon. It's very good to hear. Yes. I'm going to join the main room. Okay. Fortunately, uh, we had gone over to uh, the Carlisle Estate. We were there. We were attacked by the ringleader of this of the cult. Everybody okay? Um, Forsyth was badly injured. For the most part, the rest was. All right. Is there anything I need to do? <laughs> oh, uh, Miss Lyle is going to clean it all up from her end. Understand? I'll keep that in mind. I, uh, may reach out to Miss Carlisle in case she needs any services. Um, she's a very well-connected lady, obviously, but I would rather not have any kind of blowback on a lot of you. Right, right. Very appreciative. So we're looking at it out to eight. Really? Hmm. Some uh, loose ends so we got to investigate there. And if everything goes well there, we'll be heading to Egypt afterward. It sounds like a hell of a trip. You have a way to get a hold of me by telegram. Uh, it will slow. You know, I'll only be able to help you so much from here, but I'll uh, I'll do the best I can. So, uh, I guess wire if you need anything, and uh, you know if you are going to uh, England first, uh, let me bring Jonah. I know he knows somebody over there. Maybe uh, maybe he can help. Well. Uh, I wish you luck. When do you leave? Uh, I have no idea. Miss Lane was taking care of everything. I was out uh, running some errands, so hope soon. I'll say this much: uh, don't uh, don't drink too much. <laughs> I know the uh, the ships over there. Once you get on them, you're, it's a holiday, so be careful. And Jack, just remember, you can't trust anybody. Learning that. All right, then. Well, stay safe. Keep me updated. Do so. And get receipts. Of course. He hangs up. Who was that, Jack? To Ramsey. Blame in on everything. Wunderbar. <laughs> 
I have sedated Mr. Forsyth. Uh, when do we leave? We cannot leave. We cannot move Mr. Forsyth for more than a week. I think Miss Lane said five days is when the ship leaves. That's correct. Yes, we, we, we leave in five days. I have sedated right. Mr. Forsyth for now. His wound was too grievous for him to be awake in that amount of pain. Fair. Yeah, it um just in, in game terms, he uh he was a point away from getting a major wound uh in the season finale. So to say that he is laid up and um in need of serious bed rest is kind of an understatement. Are we able to regain any hit points right now? Yeah, so the way hit point recovery works uh, in Call of Cthulhu is if you rest or take, you know, relatively little action, uh, you can regain a hit point once a day. Um, so first aid only is going to help you within the first hour of taking damage. Medicine is something uh, where you can get more hit points back, but again, it has to be done within a certain period of time. But uh, it's not as stringent. It's just that, you know, for Forsyth, he is going to have to. He, it's a long road for him, unfortunately. Uh, but if you're, if we want to talk about game terms, uh, if we if we turn the clock forward five days in, in the in this episode, then he'll have regained five hit points, and at that point, he'll be about, you know, it'll be reasonable enough for him to move around a little bit. Uh, he'll at least be able to walk. I mean, the at, in this in this case that he's said the. Um, state that he's in right now with the, the doctor attending him, um, Sigmund wouldn't advise him moving at all. He needs to stay where he's at uh, and move very little. So He is confined to bed rest and, so he should, and there he should stay. Right. Yeah, that's, that's probably the way that you would play it anyway. That said, it's not like you can't spend five days preparing for a trip overseas because you know this this will be your first non-wartime trip over jack and uh that'll be something that uh hopefully will be very interesting i'll be a lot more comfortable too right yeah well yeah you've not in the without the doughboy uniform yeah so shay in your I'm assuming you're spending the balance of the day looking at this Noctic manuscript. Yeah. So this book seems to make a lot of reference to, as we said before, the, the pre-human era, which again is just crazed talk for you. Um, but there is one name in here that uh, does seem to come up, Right. Uh, that you do notice and actually connect with. Uh, and it's deeper into the book. You you see a reference to the city of Atlantis. Interesting. Um, there is some footnote here to a few pages beyond that, that it there's some, some footnote that's scribbled uh, on the existence of the city of the great race. Well, you're not really sure what that is. Um, but you can tell that they use um, a very, they use a capital casing for the city 
and then great race are also in in capital letters so there's there's definitely something to this okay um in an initial read if that's what you're doing if your plan is to do an initial read per the rules then you've made your language roll <laughs> It's crazy time, everybody. No. <laughs> I was waiting for it. I'm like, who who am I burning today? Well, you know, I mean, who, who are you not burning? That's the question. Okay, so you've made the the, the language role. That's important. Um, and then now what you need to do is you, you are going to lose some sanity, which is unavoidable. Yeah, there's nothing you can do about it. You're reading about the time before man you lose a single point of sanity and you gain during your initial read three points of Cthulhu Mythos. Oh, sweet. Um, this is a pretty dense tome. Okay. So you estimate full study might take you. Oh, it could take you. four months and it's not even with quick study taking it into account yeah um so it's not that it's not just that the book is several different uh, manuscript portions right it's five different bound manuscript portions the thing is is that the the text itself is uh all over the place as far as its language goes it so differs from you're gonna have to basically take it from this um, kind of modified uh, late uh, Middle English and then get it into something that's readable. So, but yeah, that's what you spend your time doing during the day. You don't go completely, you know, crazy. <laughs> I bring Maeve some supper, by the way, when it comes to about yeah. that time. she uh, She's continuing to work and to read and she seems relatively calm. Thank you for the food. And do you have like a fire extinguisher like in one hand? Or no? <laughs> he backs out of the room slowly. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Comes in with a bucket of water. Of course, my, of course, my dear. If I want you to be well and I want you to be safe. Just if you are feeling odd from eating any of those books, please let us know. All right. No more fires. I'll do my best. Sometimes if you're going to try and understand this, you have to be in the same mindset as the person who wrote it. Which means crazy. Uh, So my question to the investigators here, minus Mr. Forsyth, who is uh, comfortably resting and uh, essentially, you know, hopped up on drugs. So he's asleep. Uh, for the four of you, do you have any pre-voyage things that you're doing um, other than what you've done already? So if we just kind of take it around the normal horseshoe, uh, Miss Lane, is there anything else that you're doing to prepare to take an international trip? I would probably be working with Hannah to get all my things packed up. Okay. Uh, I guess I would ask, are you going to notify your parents that you're leaving the country? 
That would be silly. <laughs> no, I would, um, pro I would, yes, I would probably write them and let them know I was, I'm not calling. Because, you know, if we call them, then they'll possibly object. Uh, yes. Yeah, so you work with Hannah to get things coordinated. Uh, Hannah asks if you'd like um, to have the um, apartments, you know, the, the apartment buildings chauffeur prepare uh, our things, like as far as getting us to the docks or... That would be lovely. Thank you, Hannah. Okay. Um, she she steps in over the next few days a little bit firmer into the role of um, hybrid assistant where she's preparing meals and she's also doing some of the things that Charles was doing as far as your um, butler duties, so to speak, uh, just because you don't really have anyone else that can do all three things. Um yeah, I do make a note that I will have to hire a new butler after coming back from our overseas trip. Sure. Um, so, Jack, in the four days that you'll have left, are you doing anything specific? Yes, I need to have three conversations. Okay. So, uh, is any of these four days over a Sunday? Um, well, if we look at the calendar... I want to call home. It'd be nice if I could do it on Sunday, but any day, I guess we'll do. Yeah, I mean, you could have done it the uh, the night you came back from uh, your trip out to get books. That would have been a Sunday. Um, so you would have spoke to Carlton on a Sunday. Um, so yeah, absolutely. Okay. I want to call home. You no, know, my family okay. gets together on Sundays. Just basic stuff. But I'll be gone. I'll be out of the country for a while. I'll try to write home as often as I can. Yeah, absolutely. They show a legitimate amount of genuine concern. They hope everything is okay. Um, they, well, they they mentioned that things are a little easier to go overseas now, that there's not a war on. Right, yeah. I want to talk to Miss Lane. Sweet. Lane. Mr. Doyle. I'd like to have a, a little conversation. All right. Let's converse. Oh, I understand that uh, you're I don't know, excited to be uh, involved in the investigation, let's say. But I'm. I think maybe you're going to want to tone it down a bit. That's well, like pot calling the kettle black. That's <laughs> off character, by the way. <laughs> uh, that should totally be in character. <laughs> <laughs> what, what I'm. <laughs> Sorry. All right. Go ahead. What I'm saying is, is that specifically at uh, and I've noticed a couple times but specifically at the Carlisle mansion I, I noticed uh you race towards the attacking cultists in the beginning how did uh how, how how did you think that was going to play out well I thought from my end it was going to go really well but I didn't have any weapons so it really didn't yeah. go well yeah, yeah. See, that's, so, that's that's kind of what I'm saying is that. Uh, yeah. So what you're saying is I should be armed every time I go somewhere. 
Is that what you're saying? Uh, you know, that's something. Also, maybe, uh, and we're, we'll keep this uh, between us. Shooting Mr. Forsyth in the back was probably a bad idea. I didn't think you saw that. <laughs> Are you guys in the main room while you're talking about this? <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to have this conversation out around everyone else, specifically anywhere that Mr. Forsyth can overhear it. It's all going to come out in the wash. <laughs> He's sedated. Oh, he won't be. <clears throat> don't worry. He won't be. He won't be hearing it. But, um. So. Go ahead. I just think that we need to maybe be a little bit more uh, strategic about how we go about doing things. So you notice that that fight, that gunfight there, uh, I did not shoot into that combat going on with uh, Forsyth, Maeve, and one guy because it was dangerous. (laughs) See what I'm saying? <laughs> I, the, the, I, that I understand. That yes, I totally understand. Let's not tell Mister Forsyth about that. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I don't. I don't think he needs to know. <laughs> um, no, I mean, like when you know when the the battle started happening out on the um the veranda. It's a, um, it's a veranda. You know, I noticed that you went right into the midst of danger as well. I, I just thought I was being a good investigator by taking your cue. Oh, okay. One, I'm actually a trained combatant. I mean, I, I fought in the war. I've had a few gunfights. And two, I was using it's my true. gun well behind the actual fighting. <laughs> so, okay, I, at this like point, said, I've got to be able to hear you too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I We're think it's yelling. reasonable. I, I, I don't I think yell. it's, well, and the, I guess the only thing I would say is if Jack approached Lillian in her study, or somewhere that's you know off in the uh, remember her apartment is yeah, I, I kind of figured she'd be in her study or something like that when I talked to her. Her apartment is really is really big, so it's reasonable that these two could have a you know maybe not they're not, not shouting by any means, but they could have a a louder conversation without necessarily uh, setting off anybody. <laughs> so. <laughs> I just tell Mr. Doyle that I will I'll make sure and have the appropriate weapons on me in any given I mean, time. I, th- I think I think what we need to start doing is kind of uh, coordinating our actions in a fight like that or a situation. Just don't go rushing in half cocked. I, I for everybody's safety, including your own. You understand what I'm saying? I think that's a great idea. I, I think we could all do that. I I agree. I mean, we've all had a situation where maybe we have not uh, acted appropriately, myself included, definitely. Indeed. Yes. So about Mr. Forsyth, we're going to just not tell him. Uh, We'll just just gloss over it. We don't know what happened. He's already got a chip on his shoulders. At least it wasn't the elephant gun. Right. Oh, I don't. I don't think we'd have you having this conversation <laughs> if it was the elephant gun. No. <laughs> It'd be a Thank whole you. different discussion. <laughs> well, yeah. Thanks well, for the know, conversation. That was a that was a I, good pet talk. I just think I, I think it was a, a good thing to you know to clear the air on that kind of. Yeah. Also, I want to pull Mr. Uh, 
I want to pull the doctor in for a next conversation because I want it to be between. Uh, you'll find him in the main room mixing a drink. Doctor, could you come here a second? Yeah, Jack, one moment. What can I do for you, Jack? Oh, uh, Dave. Maeve? Uh, um, what offer? You know, the, the fire oh. starter? Oh, yeah, that. And... Okay, but I don't shoot people. Okay, you're not there. You're not in here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. You're not with them either. I think I am. Oh, Are no, I am yeah, with you guys? I, no, I, I try. I, this is between the three of us. We'll <laughs> see. Awesome. <laughs> oh, we're not conspiring against you. We're concerned for you. It's it's all for the everyone That's better. That's what they all say. <laughs> so, um, I think it's a bit gone unnoticed that Maeve has been under a great deal of stress lately. So to say the least. Right. She's learned. She's her knowledge is essential to our investigations so far, and that's great. But it's also putting a lot more strain on her than maybe she's capable of dealing with on her own. And she is right back at it right now. Right. I am worried for her sanity, and so am I. I mean. Obviously, we we need this information. On the other hand, we're off asking a great deal for her from her. So I'm thinking maybe we need to try to help her as best we can. To help her with that research. We her research she is so much more knowledgeable than us. Not not her research. I think try to help her. You want us to remain her anchors to keep her. Yeah. Grounded. You know, I've I've seen guys snap under pressure like this, and I think maybe if we are we can just find a way to help her talk her way through it. But knowing Maeve, she's not going to uh just let us help her. No, I think I do not think that that is the way she works. Yeah. Well stubborn. It seems as though many of the women around here have a stubborn streak about them. I'm not going to talk. I look over at Doctor and I just kind of give him the look. Big smile, raised eyebrow, goes back to his <laughs> drink. I think maybe if we uh, we can try to we create a social social situations with Maeve. Try not to leave her alone so much. Yeah, and maybe urge her to talk about uh, a timeout, especially on the ship. Yeah. We can take play some games or something, cribbage or something like that. Cribbage. I have never played. There's a board and pegs. I think that's cribbage. Yes, I agree. We should try to um, mitigate Maeve's stress level. Meanwhile, in the other room. Okay, so those are your conversations, Jack. That's what you needed to... Yeah, that's, that's all I needed. Okay, good, good. Uh, and so I guess, Doctor, over the next five days would fall to you uh, beyond the things that we know that you're doing, which are treating your patient. Um, you had mentioned wanting to reach back out to Lily. Yes, I want to call Lily, definitely. Or the doctor, I want to have the doctor call Lily. Um, as well as he's going to be looking for a new replacement cane. The cane he got was for all fanciness, but he's used to a certain style of cane 
and uh, this doesn't have that. So, yeah, the current cane does not have a sword blade in it. It does not, and that has become that has become useful more than once. So, yep, or at least once. So, I'll say that within the five day period, um, should you choose to utilize Miss Lane's contacts, it should be relatively reasonable for you to find a replacement sword cane. Awesome. Just because she, she knows the New York city area and you don't, um, which day are you yeah, choosing to call, uh, call Lily back the Monday, the Tuesday? I'll call her on Monday, call her at the office. I know she'll be there. First thing. Um, she, and you call her, she answers, uh, you hear her bright voice come on the phone. Uh, Dr. Tottenbach's office, Lily speaking. Lily, this is Dr. Tottenbach. How are you? Doctor, how are you? How is New York? It's cold and the people in here are not nearly as friendly as they are in uh, my beloved Chicago. Oh, well, I'm sorry to hear that. It's uh, It's been cold here too. What, uh, what, can I, what can I do for you? I'm sorry, the doctor's, uh, the doctor's not in. Well, I am calling to make sure that you are all right and that uh, any current patients are okay and to let you know that my expedition will be traveling. Uh, I will be traveling quite a bit longer, unfortunately. Uh, it is unforeseen, but we, we, the investigation is going to take me overseas. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, the, um, the cases here have been relatively quiet for the most part. I haven't had anything here that's been too difficult for me. And how are you, fair young lady? <laughs> well, uh, I'm I'm doing my best to hold up my end of the bargain. But uh, maybe when you get back, we can talk about um, nursing school. It is a conversation I will be more than glad to have with you, Lily. Uh, you have more than earned it. I, nursing school or even... A doctor school. I don't. I think you have the capacity to do anything you set your mind to, young Caroline. Yes, um, Miss uh, Miss Fairchild stopped by recently. Um, what did she? Yes, she's been having some trouble sleeping, uh, and so she <laughs> tried to avail herself of the uh, medicinal remedies here. And I politely uh, wrote her. Um, a very light prescription for some sleeping aids. Wunderbar. Good, good choice and a good thought on your part. Thank you, Fraulein. Oh. I have left my practice in capable hands. I'm, I'm doing my best, Doctor. I will always do my best for you. Well, I just wanted to call to check up on you and to make sure you are okay and to let you know that we will not be returning as quickly as we had thought, but when we get back, I will have many stories for you. Of course, of course. Um, let me know if there's anything I can do for you from here. I will, and thank you, Yak Lily. She gives you a pleasant goodbye and hangs up the phone. I feel a little bit better having checked in back at the office. I had let it go for a little while. It's been a few weeks, yes. It's nice to see that folks haven't forgot where they came from, at least for the moment. Okay, so um, you get your sword cane, you treat your patient, you've spoken to Lily. 
the next few days then for you is really just kind of mentally and physically preparing to move your patient. Yeah, mentally preparing to move my patient physically uh, and then watching over Maeve as well and making sure that in her studies that she's okay as well. So speaking of Miss O'Shea, troublemaker that she is, um, what is she doing with the balance of her time? Still studying. Okay. Probably as much as possible. So beyond the initial read, you're going to continue to study? and Or are you um, going to go to the next book that you want to do an initial read on? Yeah, I'm going to go to... Doo -doo -doo. I'm going to read People of the Monolith. Okay. So you go through People of the Monolith. Uh, and it seems anyway that it's really more uh, a book of poems. It's it's actually interesting because you go from reading something that it's you know late Middle English to reading something that was is written in English and it was written in 1918. Uh, so uh, it's handwritten by Justin Joffrey. Uh, it contains poems, and it's bound in a very strange type of leather. And why don't you give me a Cthulhu Mythos roll when you're examining the actual book itself? Toilet green is people. Toilet <laughs> green is people. But it's good people. Tasty people. 23 out of 17. Yeah, that's okay. Um, so the, yeah, the covering of the book itself is, is rather strange. The, uh, yeah, whatever this material is, it's not something you recognize. It's um, not you, like the other book. It's not like the other book. Nope. It's not like the crazy human flesh book. Um, okay. this is something else. It's other some, it's, it's leather made from something else. We don't know what, um, it's a relatively slim volume, uh, anyway, and there's a couple of relatively unique poems in here. Uh, in one of the poems, you read about grand jewelry of uh, an Egyptian queen. You read about uh, a headpiece. You read about a, a girdle or some sort of a waist belt that's worn by her. Uh, there's quite a bit of uh, talk in this poetry about her paraphernalia. This this poem is called Trappings of a Queen, and it, it catches your eye just because it gives you very vivid detail of what these pieces look like. Kind of like some of the stuff we have? No, it's definitely not some stuff you have, per okay. se. Um, this this volume is so slim uh, you could probably finish this before you got on the boat okay so I guess my question is is past the initial read uh, which of course you will lose some sanity for uh, so again lose another point um, you gain a point of Cthulhu Mythos for doing the initial read I guess my question is is, is it something is she one of those readers where she looks at the book and goes, I can get through that? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, definitely. 
if I think I've got time, like if it's like, oh, I can do this before we get on the boat. Yeah, totally. Yep. Okay. Um, so you lose throughout the week, you lose another point of sanity okay. from doing a full read. And you gain two more points of Cthulhu Mythos. It's a striking tome. And the poetry is... It's not... pretty good, to be perfectly honest. Uh, you enjoy you enjoy reading it, and that's the thing that is almost uh, a bit frightening. As you put it down, your dreams are filled with all sorts of uh, Egyptian-inspired items, whether it be uh, imagery of Ra or Set or the mummification rituals that you've read about before or grand cities. There's all sorts of imagery in your dream over the next few nights. Um, that said, the overall the overall tome itself is still disturbing. So there's definitely a theme within these poems, whether it be the structure or whether it be the actual uh, links themselves between the poems. Menace, horror, and then sometimes an almost romantic nihilism. Okay. Um, almost not just death, but that love of dying. That sums up what you pull from this tome for the week. And uh, before you prepare to leave, uh, you easily tuck it away, knowing that you've gained quite a bit from it. Fun times. Uh, with that behind us, uh, we will set the clock uh, for the next session uh, roughly at January 29th, which is the day the RMS Aquitania leaves the New York Harbor. So when we gather together again, it will be casting off day. So I want to thank everybody for listening. Uh, and sharing and interacting with the show. Your feedback is something that we greatly appreciate. There are a ton of ways to get a hold of us via social media, our Discord server. You can interact with us on Reddit or on Facebook. Uh, we greatly enjoy your feedback, and uh, we hope to hear from you soon. So thank you for joining us for the opening of Season 3 uh, as we play through Chaosium's Masks of Nerlathotep, and as we set sail in just a few days for England. Have a good night, everybody. 